Welcome to 7 Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince and this podcast is based on the internationally selling book by the same name. This book focuses on seven important skills. They are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic and being resilient. And this podcast is all about how you can bring these skills into your everyday life so that you are living a life full of happiness, full of purpose, great relationships, doing work that you love and just really getting the most out of life. Welcome, and today I am delighted to be welcoming Tahir Hajat to the podcast today, and it's wonderful to have you here and to finally meet you in person. Welcome. Thank you very much, Emma Sue. It is wonderful to also meet you in person and looking forward to to getting into conversation with you. I would love it if you could, first of all, explain to our listeners about Mighty Creatives and the Kickstart scheme that we're both involved with. Sure. So I am working for The Mighty Creatives and we are creative arts and cultural industry charity that helps support young people from disadvantaged communities and backgrounds achieve their aspirations through the means of arts and creativity, etc. Um, and as mentioned, I'm working on the Kickstart scheme, which is a, a government funded scheme over two billion pounds invested as a result of the, the global pandemic. 700,000 young people were unemployed as a result and mm-hmm. and this is a pot of funding that was helped to support businesses and organizations uh, uh, allow young people to work for their businesses for almost zero cost to them uh, but also develop some really really key skills um, that could help you know, boost their careers and give them an opportunity they might not have had. And of course, uh, MSU, Unimenta is one of our kickstart mighty employers, as we like to call them. And, you know, we've been able to witness the development of, of three young people um, that have been part of your process. One that's actually, you know, wasn't even in the kickstart steam long before she found her perfect role as a result of being involved. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I can honestly say it's been, uh, it is and has been such a hugely rewarding experience. And I am very grateful uh, for the partnership with Mighty Creatives um, with the Kickstart scheme, because that's been really valuable, especially in, in such a time of massive change for, for many companies and many employers. And so I want to ask you as well, uh, what other companies have you been able to match kickstarters with yeah sure so it's a really good question and uh being a creative arts and cultural industry charity 75 percent or over 75 percent of our businesses and partners that we work with our mighty employers are from the creative arts or cultural industry and you know it's anything from magicians to theater companies to you know, web design organizations that focus specifically on the, the the arts industry. And then we also have, as I said, the other percentage of businesses that work in healthcare, that work mm. in the sports industry. We've got quite a few sports clubs that have taken advantage of the Kickstart scheme, um, as well as restaurants, warehouses, um, financial organizations, you know, local councils. Um, you know, there really is no limit to the organizations that can yeah. get involved in the in the kickstart scheme yeah fantastic now i know that you haven't always been doing this work you've done other things along the way different careers so tell us about some of those things sure so you know very uh, young age 
Um, I was uh, engrossed in the wonderful sport of basketball. And since the age of seven, I've been working on my trade, should I say, working on my craft. <laughs> I'm I'm also very proud to be a British Asian, born and raised in Leicester, one of the most multicultural, diverse places in Europe. Um, and that has a huge part of my identity and something that I fly the flag for uh, quite highly and, and, and really you know, make it a part of everything that I do. So basketball, diversity, multiculturalism mm-hmm. sit hand in hand. And whilst enjoying playing the sport, I developed some really wonderful skills, um, you know, in communication, in in personality, in uh, discipline, in teamwork, etc. Uh, that really helped to push me into a career that, that kind of uh, catered to those skill sets, which was uh, sports coaching. And since the age of 15, I've been coaching basketball uh, with uh, school camps, uh, holiday camps, uh, after school clubs, with two local legends of the game Dave Harris ex-England international ex-Leicester Riders and and Carl Brown who's the first ever um, British player to play in the NCAA Final Four competition in the USA Uh, they really gave me the opportunity to get my qualifications and get paid to do something Mm. that I enjoy which was support young people to learn about and enjoy you know my love uh, for basketball and that that blossomed uh, through my time at college and at university I coached um, once again in school camps etc whilst I was at college and playing at the Beachamp Basketball Academy and then at university I coached the women's team for two years um, before returning home uh, to Mm. Leicester and you know I I have already mentioned this to Emma Sue but previously um, you know during my time at college and university, basketball seemed to be my strength, but also my weakness. I had two uh, huge injuries. I was uh, out for a year at a time. And as a result, my studies were were, were greatly affected. And I was not a straight A student. I was definitely mm. the opposite. Um, but through the resilience and the skill sets learned through basketball, I was able to bounce back. And on mm. my return to Leicester, um, I started stacking shelves at MS and the Leicester Riders Basketball Club came knocking and asked me if I wanted to be a community coach. Um, you know, long story short, it's a small uh, basketball club and everybody does a little bit of everything. So, you know, whilst going out and being the face of, of the community program in schools and other community projects, I then became a community project manager. I was their social media manager of the Leicester Riders Foundation. Um, and also then uh, I, I created and founded uh, the Leicester Riders Junior National League Academy, which started with um, 20 young people and mm. finished when I left in March with 150 young people in, in 12 teams, uh, gen- generating a, a significant resource for the club as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, just listening to you talking about your experiences and talking about your obvious passion for supporting young people, I can see the link now between what you've been doing and now your role at Mighty Creatives. For sure. And, you know, that passion and desire was always there, you know, whilst, uh, you know, I wasn't the best student at university, I studied youth court and justice, uh, childhood Mm. and youth, uh, and it was all around supporting young people in a variety of ways and the systems in place uh, to do that. Um, And as mentioned before, like, you know, I did my dissertation in 48 hours, which was not a smart thing to do. (laughs) And therefore, I didn't get the outcome that I desired. But, you know, the experience in itself was enough to give me a certificate for higher education, which uh, kind of gave me the 
the qualification I needed to be able to fulfill the work. Um, I actually delivered a project and one of the first projects I delivered was with high risk young offenders. You know, we're talking serious crimes like murder and rape and, and these young people had been uh, affected in so many different ways by society. But, you know, I delivered some one-to-one mentoring. Uh, we got involved in some creative and, uh, community based activity. Um, and we actually did a residential, uh, based mm-hmm. in Loughborough using Loughborough University sports facilities and taught them the key skills they need to succeed in life despite them, you know, committing, uh, such horrible crimes you know really for young people it's always as a result of something else that's happened Mm. in their life rather than Mm. making you know a decision with an adult mind on their head should we say Mm. um and and that just really exploded my passion there for working with young people um and yes there is obviously one spectrum young offenders but the other spectrum is the the day-to-day young person who just wants to develop and enjoy their life yeah, yeah. And I want to I want to touch back on something you mentioned there about the skills. So the skills of uh sports and and the coaching that you were that you were giving young people and and you and as you said, the skills to be successful in life. So what are those skills and how does sports coaching and sports help develop those skills? Sure. I guess <clears throat> The biggest skill I would say, first and foremost, is communication, okay? Um, The ability to express ourselves in the right way uh, is important not for just individual gain, but also for the opportunity to grow together as a community or as a collective in, in, in any size you know that's internationally nationally regionally local in your community etc um for me young people uh developing the key skills of communication open doors to them for jobs opens the mm. the door to them or you know to to build up the courage to talk to the person that they have a huge crush on and you know might end up marrying that person it's the opportunity to be able to present um, uh, in front of an audience and, you know, be an artist as per se and build a craft along those lines. Communication really is the kind of the, Mm. the foundation of it all to then develop key skills or express key skills or utilize other key skills such as resilience. You know, I talked about Mm. having injuries, um, and bouncing back from terrible grades at university to building, uh, in my opinion, a successful career now. Uh, you know, I still got many, many, uh, leap, leap years to go, but, um, the ability to bounce back from, from difficult periods in, in, in life, um, mm. helps us grow as an individual and, and, and also proves to you that you can achieve anything when you put your mind to it. Um, yeah and you know I will say reflection is then the next key I value the next key skill I value really highly because the ability to look back on what you've achieved or um, you know what you might not have been so successful at and be able to learn from that experience and put it into practice moving forward is is priceless and it's all the rage inverted commas now (laughs) the rage you know but Mm -hmm um it's not it's it's not been hidden somewhere in a box for years it's it's always been there yeah i mean i i i agree with you the, these skills are not sort of um 
brand new skills, are they? That they're, they're actually really, really obvious skills, yet they're not taught in mainstream education, or at least not taught to the point where you're actually going to be able to implement them and use them. So why is that, do you think? And what, why is it that it tends to be more the things that you do outside of that system that help develop those skills? I just think it's a different platform. You know, school is for education and sit down. We need to mm. learn about a topic. We need to learn about this information. But the process of learning, the communication process in that learning, the, you know, interactions you have in the playground, etc. you know, those those moments aren't so highly thought of in in schools or educational settings and it's not maybe not so highly thought of but they're not taught enough or prioritized in their teaching Mm. so then we do lean on extracurricular activity to kind of uh be the 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 opportunity that we we learn these uh key skills and then also life events you know, um, losing a person in your life who's really valuable to you or seeing a certain level of success through a graduation or achieving a milestone, whether that be, I don't know, uh, wanting to put in a healthy diet. And these opportunities provide us with the platform to learn these skills. Mm. And more importantly, more importantly, uh, are realistic to society and what happens after education and when we move into the world and so on and so forth yeah so you actually need to have a balance of both don't you agreed so you so you talked about communication and reflection so so i just want to come back to reflection for a moment because reflection for me is all about building your awareness building your self-awareness learning from mistakes learning from others um you know being able to look back and and think what went well, you know, what did I do well, what, where could I change, where can I develop more? Um, but we really don't reflect enough. I mean, I know it is a buzzword. I know it's kind of like that's, this is the thing at the moment. But actually, most people are just hurtling through their days and their lives without much reflection, it seems to me. Yeah, I, I would uh, completely agree with that. There are very many methods of reflection. In fact, some people are probably reflecting without realizing that they're reflecting you know that 30 minutes on the bus when you've got music playing in your ears is a moment of reflection playing sport for an hour a day is or going to the gym is reflection um you know sitting down eating a meal uh, with your family and talking about your day is reflection i think you know many people don't realize that they reflect um but if they did realize or, you know, that they're reflecting in that moment in time, they could pro- potentially harness that moment in mm. in their life to be able to use it for their advantage and for their own personal gain. Um, you know, for me, uh, especially with the employability skills training that we're providing to young people, um, and of course the Kickstarters you have at Unimenta, the first session is all about planning, doing, mm-hmm. and reviewing. Because it's important that in everything that we do in life, we kind of put a plan together. Not everything goes to plan, but if you (laughs) aspire to do something and you give yourself um, some platforms to build upon, then it's more likely than you're you're going to achieve that. But um, reflecting on that process so that you can make it more efficient, make it easier for yourself, uh, get through some barriers that might be put in your way um, to be able to achieve what you need to, and then kind of... 
you know, moving that process into other aspects of your life to help you uh, continue to develop as a person. Mm. Um, fortunately for me, whilst at my time at the riders, I was um, able to be involved in a course about mindfulness. Um, and, you know, that really gave me an insight into how powerful silence could be and how important it is or important or, uh, you know... I would say progressive in, in, in personal development it is to, to have a moment of silence to yourself without the noise. I also saw a lot of correlation between praying and silence, you know, mm. uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm brought up in a Muslim family and whilst, although I'm not the most religious person now, I definitely was able to build a correlation between going to the mosque and listening to one man recite, you know, the the Quran and mm-hmm. having that moment of silence within yourself. But it's the same in Christianity. You sit mm-hmm. down and you're listening to, to context from the Bible and you're having that moment. Same in Buddhism, meditation, same in Hinduism, same in Sikhism. You know, that mindfulness opportunity is a moment for reflection. And believe it or not, your brain will always put things in, in your way for you to think about. Um, yes. And, you know, w- without you even wanting to maybe thinking about it, and that's sometimes good and that's sometimes bad as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what you say about mindfulness and just that finding that stillness somehow, however that comes to you. I mean, that can also come th- just from being out in nature, going for a walk, uh, and, and kind of giving your brain a bit of space is how I like to think about it. Hugely beneficial for well-being, for presence, for focus, being effective. Uh, I mean, I guess also when it comes to sports and performance, there's a kind of, you know, getting into the zone, isn't there? Kind of being being in the moment. Um for sure, you know, I, I, I be having those, you know, obviously at a higher level where athletes are performing in front of thousands of people, being able to focus on your game, you know, focus on uh, your craft, your, as you said, performance, you know, not just sport, but also in arts as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, you know, those thousands of people watching in a theatre or a musician, you're about to play a piece or being at a gallery and people are coming in to critique your, your art, not critique as per se, but obviously art subjective, so it's different to everyone, but at the the same time they're going to be seeing how can i resonate with this piece of art does it really reflect what i believe the artist is is, is wanting it to reflect so in all of those instances mm. there is a moment of poise um uh, and a moment of composure and a moment of ability to you know focus and concentrate at the task at hand and, yes. and also be able to actually then take in feedback that you're receiving, you know, whether that's from a crowd or a teammate or a coach or, uh, you know, a band member or, or listening to, as you said, a piece of music, you're listening to your your fellow um, band members uh, and, and listening to other artists. You know, I'm trying to cover all the bases here, but <laughs> the ability to take that feedback in and, yeah. and, and act upon it. Um, yeah in in a manner that is is going to improve your performance mm. um and then therefore improve improve the outcome you know mm. every athlete musician etc they all reflect on their performances they all you know for the most part watch it back um and think about how can i have improved that how yeah. could i have done this better how could i have uh, done that better uh, as well um mm. so yeah you know that is a very important piece to it 
Yes. And I and I think it also translates to so many other things as well. I mean, you know, if you're giving a business presentation or if you're about to run a training session or you're about to, I don't know, do a sales pitch or um, secure a negotiation, all those same skills come into play for the, for any aspect of your life, I think. Sure. Yeah. You know, of course, it translates to another realm. And for me, actually, it was the ability to take the skills I'd learned from coaching uh, and playing basketball and school and university, etc., and the working world that gave me my next career opportunity. You know, whilst working for the Leicester Riders, someone kind of um, blase asked me, you know, do you want to host the Riders game day? And I said, well, I mean, I love basketball. I love talking about basketball. I mean, how <laughs> difficult could that be? And I gave it a go. And uh, actually, people really liked it because they liked the enthusiasm I shared. And yes. then it kind of started to snowball a bit. Um, and the British Basketball League then asked me to host um, one of their finals at the Birmingham uh, Arena. It's, it's the NI Arena. It's changed names about a million times due to sponsor. Um, and then they asked me to host at the O2 Arena in London. And then I got a knock on the door from a lady uh, called Emily Fraser from Matchroom Sports, who then offered me the opportunity to work on the World Cup of Gymnastics sticks and then temping bowling then world cup of pool and then you know british wheelchair basketball then basketball england then independent hoops uh there's a brand called hoops fix which is one of the biggest independent uk basketball brands uh, that run an all-star classic at brixton recreation center you know and then all of these things started to come into place. Leicester City started to Mm -hmm. uh you know get asked me to get involved in the stadium announcing and all of that purely from a yes moment and the transferable skills I learned from my passion in basketball um, and the pride also in the work ethic that I learned through my family and my upbringing, Mm. um, you know, to to then create this new opportunity for me in a Mm. skill that I never, or should I say a platform that I'd never been educated in. I'd never had any media training yes um at all uh, and the only media training I ever had was listening to radio five live yeah. on my dad's radio <laughs> and it goes and right I back just kind yeah. of up and, and run with it yeah and and i think you know as you say that came from a yes moment and actually it it is quite important in life to say yes to things sometimes when we feel might feel like saying no because we might think oh, I haven't done that before, or I don't know how to do that. So the initial response might be a kind of no, but actually what you're talking about there is really embracing that yes and going forward. And then all those things that led on from that yes. Of course. Um, And, you know, once again, my love for community, you know, loving your community is important because every event I do, it's its own community. Gymnastics Mm. is its own community. Pool is its own community. Basketball is its own community. Leicester City Football Club, its own community. BBC listeners, own community. Sky Sports, own community. Mm, and, mm. you know, you have to you have to empathise with those communities to be able to, you know, um, uh, appeal to them, mm. but also for them to, to want to listen to you and want to engage with you as well. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure people can actually feel the passion that you have. It's a kind of energy, isn't it? It's a kind of really bright energy that you bring to what you're doing. Well, it's it's 
It's quite simply, how would you like to be engaged with? You know, that's mm. the thought process I go through. If someone was to talk to me and they were on TV or they're in, the, in, in an arena in front of a thousand peoples, how would I like to be spoken to? What would I like to do? And, and likewise, as, as an athlete, what atmosphere would I like to perform in? You know, maybe I haven't shared the experience of tens of thousands of people. You know, I maybe mm. have had 800 people watch a basketball game for me. I played in the steel band once. Maybe we had a few thousand people watch that. But those were my limited experiences of audience engagement. But from those moments as a performer, as an athlete, what did I enjoy about that moment? What mm. could have improved that moment? Well, it's X, Y, Z. So I'm going to go away and I'm going to put that into practice when I'm hosting these events because I know what these athletes and also these performers, mm. I want. I know what atmosphere they want to be in. I mm. know that they want it to be absolutely crazy. They want people yeah. screaming, jumping off their feet, yes. enjoying their craft, you know, yeah. and even when things aren't going right, you mm. know, and believe mm. me, football fans are very <laughs> fickle. Yes. Yes, they um, are. Yeah. And... To keep them positive throughout, uh, you know, uh, every single, you know, game when the team may be on a losing run, etc. It's all down to, you know, what content are they putting on the screens? What other mm. praises can they find in the club? What other advantages, etc. Looking for the positive mm. uh, elements in things and, and using that to your advantage as well. Mm. So, Tahir, I'd love to just ask you, I'm, I'm just thinking that um, maybe some of our listeners um, who, you know, we've all, we've all experienced different things in the last 18 months, but I'm thinking about some of our listeners who may be thinking, I want to make changes in my life. I want to do something different um, or I'm not sure what I want to do next. What kind of tips and advice would you give them based on your experience and everything you've been talking about today? Sure. I, uh... You know, knowing what to do next in life is one of the most challenging uh, experiences, especially for young people, Mm. because at a very young age, year nine, right? That's what, 13, 14 years old, you're told, pick some subjects that you want to do for your GCSEs. These are your core subjects. These are the other subjects that you want to do. You know, how do you decide at the age of 14 what you want to do in life you know, get to college. You, you, you pick in subjects, A-levels at college. You finish that. That's not actually what I wanted to do. I didn't really want to do biology. didn't really want to do psychology. Or get to university. I'll study this course. Actually, I've finished that course. I've got my degree. Now I can show, I can work at degree level. But, you know, what is it that I actually want to do? It's, it's something that comes through life experience. Mm. And saying yes to something you might not say yes to ordinarily. Putting yourself in a difficult position or a challenging position and learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And taking what you will from those experiences and then acting upon it. You know, mm. you go to a dance class and you decide, actually, I really like rumba. I'm going to keep doing this. I really enjoy this further. I might want to teach this. I enjoy this further. I'm going to create a dance school. And then, you know, actually, I want to help young people do this. Let me get some funding to do that. Mm. Then it becomes your profession. Then it becomes your life is focused on something that you you, you totally enjoy. And no, not everyone is like-minded or has the opportunity or is given that advice to say, 
go out there, experience something. And if you really enjoy it, stick with it and make the most of that opportunity or do something that's going to fuel you to Mm. do something that you enjoy. Because Mm. there's, you know, I can't deny I'm very lucky to be involved in basketball and hosting sporting events and, uh, you know, working with young people with the Mighty Creatives. But at the end of the day, there's millions of us or billions of us in this world that will have to go out there, do something we don't particularly enjoy for our Mm. our day-to-day nine-to-five work to to bring money in. But, you you know, if you have the means to, invest it in something you enjoy. So it makes it, you know that but not just a bit more bearable but at the same time it gives you the enjoyment the satisfaction i'm doing it because it therefore means i can go and eat out at lovely restaurants mm. because i love food yes you know yes. um and it's it's a positive mindset you know for me mm. there's a lot of negativity that happens in life you know i've seen a lot of my friends and family go through some really tough really tough times and be in some really tough scenarios but I will always and forever will be that person who's positive on their shoulder, even to the point it may be a little bit of annoying to them. But at the end of the day, they'll understand where I'm coming from. It's time to pick yourself up at yes. some point. And when you're ready to go again, I'm here to help you to, yeah. to do that. So I guess like positivity and also belief in that you're able to to do that and adapt, you know, mm-hmm. adapt to our, our working world current COVID-19 climate um, yes. and being able to, to kind of push on. It's affected so many of us, but yeah. we adapt, we're humans, we evolve, we grow, we we push and support each other. But if you look inwards and you look in yourself, unfortunately, you, you won't get the outcomes that you want. Mm. I just love what you've just said there because it resonates so much with um, boosting resilience and optimism and, and, and actually the fact that we can all adapt. And it's about, I think, probably the most important thing you've said there is it's not about, yes, we should be reflecting, but it's not about going inward. It's about going outward and it's about creating connection, um, creating community, and that's how you move forward. Tahir, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. It's been really lovely having you with us. Um, if our listeners, I'm sure they're going to want to know more about you and about Mighty Creatives, how can they find you? Sure. Um, feel free to get in contact on social media, uh, at Tahir Hajat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the usual platforms, um, and TahirHajat.com if you want to see any of my work that I've done. Um, but of course, the Mighty, uh, MightyCreatives.com uh, for more information about the Mighty Creatives and the Kickstart scheme specifically. We can help you and your business uh, develop young people through a government-funded scheme please feel free to get in touch. And that's Tahir at MightyCreatives.com. I just want to thank you again, Tahir, so much for your time and for being with us today. Thank you. No worries, Emma Sue. And as I said, this won't be the last time we spend time together. So yes, thank you very, very much for having me. It certainly won't. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast player or on YouTube. And if you can leave us a positive review, we really appreciate it. If you want more support, tips and ideas to strengthen these skills, go to the website unimenta.com where you can take part in live masterclasses, 
self-access online modules, and download lots of free resources. Get the book, Seven Skills for the Future, in all major bookstores and on Amazon. And why not get yourself a copy of the 777 Journal to transform your life in just seven weeks through daily journaling practice.